welcome to season 2020, episode 7, Broccoli. Yes, Broccoli. In this episode, we'll look at Dawn's latest press releases, Valentino's delayed contract signing, and Manuel endures another bruising round of the Manuel incident. This is the Pacino Report. to the Pacino Report. This is the official podcast of PacinoGP.com, hosted by me, Dave Gill. The world is slowly rising from its post-COVID-19 slumber, and with it, news is coming at a great rate of knots for the MotoGP 2020 season. We're here today to analyse it all with the usual team and crowd here at PacinoGP. I want to introduce you again to the uh, normal names and faces that we're used to seeing around this table. I'm going to go straight today to Andra. Andra, how are you doing? I'm fantastic. It's like winning the lotto. It's like, pick me, pick me. <laughs> I can see hands jotting up everywhere. <laughs> I win today. There's nothing normal off. about this crowd, though. <laughs> How's your week been? Yeah, good, good. Um, yeah, we're still just starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel, I think, um, once we all get let back out into the world. Um, hopefully people have had a listen to What the Andrew, the interview I did with Melissa Paris that we dropped, I think it was last week. I've had a few more chats since then, so we've got a couple more coming out. Uh, I can't even tell you which one I'd recommend higher. I spoke to a couple, Sarah and Judd Merrill in the US of A, and I spoke to a crazy cool Viking chick in Italy called Bella. So keep a lookout for them. They're dropping this week. Awesome. I like the um, Bella interview. I've listened to that a couple yeah. of times and it was, a yeah. A times. If, if, if Valkyries <laughs> don't um, share the road, they own it. <laughs> so nice. Dave's got a little crush. <laughs> yep, she's struggling a little bit being locked up too, I tell you. I know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'll move on from that one as quickly as I can. <laughs> Stu, how are you doing, mate? <laughs> Hey, fantastic. Thank you, Dave. Hi, Andra. Hi, Manuel. Hi, everybody out there in uh, in digital podcast land. I hope we're doing well. Um, yeah, my week's been been quite good, busy with uh, all things work, all things life, trying to get back to normal. But it's it's fantastic to see some light at the end of the tunnel as far as announcements for seasons and, and whatnot goes. Um, I read with interest today uh, some interesting news about um, Mav, Vinales talking about how he gets more nervous with the e-races than he does with normal racing, which I thought was very cool. What impresses uh, me yeah. is he gets better starts in the e-races than he does in yeah. real life. <laughs> exactly. He's going to try and find a way that he can transpose that across to real life. But I thought I picked up one comment in there, actually, at the end of um, that little interview piece that was on Autosport um, today. Um, and they, they came across to, uh, to talk about Rossi. Um, about saying Rossi's he's admitting that age has proven to be a barrier for his online gaming. He says, I'm not very fast with the motor. And, and I apologize, I can't do an Italian accent. I'm not that very fast with the MotoGP <laughs> game because I'm old. I played it with the video games from when I was young, but usually we play with the cars. So I'm not very competitive with MotoGP. Oh, I thought that was fantastic. So it's a, it's a little bit of my, my face palm of the week, but I think I think it's fantastic from Rossi. 
But his webcam skills are up there with, you know, my 70-year-old... Uh, He's like my granddad. Yeah. Oh, come on, granddad. don't pick on him. Back when we were kids, because I'm the same age as him, we had joysticks and it got a little bit tricky. It's a little bit trickier nowadays. He's yeah. one step away from tapping the camera and going, is this on? Yep. Is this thing <gasps> on? You should you wash your kids. mouth out. Get off my lawn. Manuel, my friend, how are you? Are you, have you kicked any kids off your front lawn this week? I hear they're letting them out in Spain. Well, uh, I have to say that, uh, first of all, hi to everybody. Nice to be here again and to join this with you. Uh, I have to say that my week has been kind of up and down, roller coaster. I got completely frustrated when I realized that we journalists would not be able to go into the Grand Prix if they happen. So for tw- for. For 24 hours, I think I slept in my dog's house, completely <laughs> frustrated. But then quickly everything, you know, gets in its place and the news are better and better. Not here in Spain because yesterday we were told that we will be locked down another eight weeks. Oh. Oh, my so uh, that's it. You're lucky you that you are in a place where you can go out. Tomorrow I think we will be able to go out for one hour, two hour, for the first time in eight weeks. So not so bad. I saw you so on you your can go to the shop if you need to and um, the bank and things like that? Yeah, the banks are always open. The banks of course. are always open, <laughs> even in the Second World War. They were always open. <laughs> it's essential. There's always time to take your money off you. <laughs> but, but it's okay. Look, uh, let's stay positive. And there are a, good, uh, a lot of good news. And I am looking forward to have this chat. Just before we kick off, Manuel, I had uh, one of the uh, listeners email me. Uh, they're obviously longtime fans of yours and that um, asked me to remind you of a, of a speaking event that you were at um, a few years ago where you were obviously speaking about Lynn Jarvis and you're becoming quite animated and letting a few of the uh, crowd in on some home truths about Lynn Jarvis. The only problem was was that apparently Lynn Jarvis came up behind you and they were trying to cut you off to, uh, to protect you from... <laughs> Uh, what was coming up from behind you? Is this is this uh, r- ringing any bells with you? Or Andrew and uh, Gillian said to say hi, and they said this was one of their most favourite memories of you. Well, I have to say, look, the story, the real story, it was it, it, it was it was normal. Let's say, as I have told you, I think in this business, if you do it right, you you will have problems basically with everyone. <laughs> <laughs> because there is always there is always a moment yeah. where you write or say something that the other side doesn't like. But this is because this is journalism, basically. So at a certain point, I was I explained to the, these people that for me it was not immoral, amoral, amoral. You say amoral. Yeah, immoral. Amoral, amoral. that. Yeah. Uh, Lynn's Jarvis' uh, son works for VR46. And Lynn Jarvis is the manager who manages uh, Valentino Rossi, who is VR46, and Maverick Vinales. So. Yeah, that's not a difficult set of lines uh, so to draw. I, uh, look, yeah, it's, a, it's a little bit incestuous. Isn't uh, it? We say there is a saying in Spanish that the wife of the Caesar. Has not only uh, be decent, but look at that decent, you know? 
yes so so this happened and obviously i said it also public and i wrote it and and then one night when we were having dinner in a restaurant the couple appeared but again like always uh, things pass and then at the end the relationship is but this is normal so this is another team manager who for a while was a bit frosty we should have a whiteboard you know david brivio (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's how you build relationships. It would, it's about it honesty. It would just all be lines. It's about the <laughs> ups and downs, isn't it? <laughs> well, if if I have to tell you, because I was called to the Yamaha Hospitality by Lee Jarvis to discuss this matter. And I tell you this was... Is this like being called to the headmaster's office? Is it the same feeling? Uh, well, no, this was tough. And look, it was very interesting because I entered <laughs> in the hospitality. Uh, Dave and I am once more bombing your script i am sorry but you started this i am not i am this is what we're here for i keep telling you that yeah, keep going i'm doing my job properly if this I, I i went to the hospitality because i had a, i was called into the yamaha hospitality so you know the sensation when you get in a place and everybody knows why you are there but they just look in another for you. You know, the, the atmosphere is thick was it was it like walking into a wild west canteen <laughs> yeah. when the doors but, open but and the piano stops everybody was like um, uh, doing things that you know like uh, camouflated trying to watch but pretending, <laughs> pretending so they're preoccupied I'm busy cleaning look, the spa. look at the situation so i went there and obviously maverick was sitting at his table and the people knew why I was there, what for I was there. But Maverick stood up, came to me, shake my hand and told me congratulations in front of all the rest of the Yama crew, the hospitality guys. It was terrible. Yeah. Look, and then we had this meeting and I, I asked the people who made this uh, appointment if there was that I wanted somebody else in that room. I wanted a witness, of course. <laughs> you know, I wanted somebody to be there to to really uh, be. And then, okay, then they put another person in that meeting, and then we sat at the table. And the first thing I asked if that uh, meeting was going to be recorded somehow, because if <laughs> if they would record it, I would record it as well. They said no. Yeah. Yeah. I said okay. No record. Okay. I wanted this to to let this clear before we started. Because if you don't ask, uh, you never know. And then I go to this next step where I ask uh, Lynn if this meeting was between uh, Manuel Pesino and Lynn Jarvis individuals or between Yamaha manager and a journalist. That the approach was would be very different. You understand? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. And yeah. from that, and uh, we, he told, uh, he told me that, no, that was a personal meeting. And this is how far I can tell, because if it's personal, it's personal. Show me, do you have all your fingers and all your toes still? Yeah, uh, look, <laughs> I, 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 I have, no. how do you say, um, I have, well, we say in Spain that it's impossible to, to translate, but I have been in more difficult uh, meetings than that one. <laughs> Let's say that this. <laughs> As I said, I, th- I think we should have a whiteboard for the all-time highs that I said, Gigi calling you in yeah. for Manuel, mm-hmm. are you still my friend? Um, 
Lynn Jarvis calling you in for a one-on-one. Yeah. The question I've got for you, was everyone still in the hospitality unit or did they clear that out? No, 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 because we in? went into his private uh, office, but everything could be heard outside. Okay. Cool. And yeah, I knew that, so numbers. I had to, the same attitude he took in certain moments, I, I had the same. And I, and I leave it here, and I leave it here. <laughs> Does, does, does Lynn Jarvis every night go back into his, his private office and it's that bubble that Darth Vader lives in where his helmet's taken off? <laughs> Comes down and takes the top of his head That's off it. to clean but it. But I, I have to say, I have to say that uh, Lynn is a real English gentleman. You know, when, he, when you speak okay. or discuss with him, he's very super polite, super uh, educated. And the discussion with Lynn is uh, very different with a discussion with an Italian, for example. So Lynn wants to settle it with dueling pistols. And... <laughs> Let's go to the next topic, please. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for entertaining us. That one was for um, yeah, Andrew and uh, Gillian. I uh, wanted to remind you of that one. So thank you guys for uh, writing in on, on, on that one. We Thanks, expressed highs and lows there, and I'd yeah, like to push forward with um, some some good news and some highs. There's been some uh, big announcements in the last seven days on the MotoGP calendar, Manuel. You said that even as, as early as sort of 12, 24 hours ago, there was more news coming out of Dorna. Yeah, look, the, the things change every day, every day. Uh, the first thing that um, came out this week was the cancellation of uh, Germany, Netherlands, and Finland, and this is the first time the races have been cancelled, remember, because until now they were postponed. Mm. So this, this time they were completely cancelled, okay? Then uh, 24 hours later, I think Carmelo came out saying that they have the wish to start at the end of July. The, the idea is to do a championship with not less than 10 or 20 or 12 races. And then he explained how it would be that in total there would be around 1,400 or 600 people in the paddock with no mm-hmm. no press, no hospitalities. The team have been uh, asked to cut a lot their their personnel, their the people. And um, this is more or less what happened after the first announcement. The next announcement was made uh, today in Malaysia, where they have opened the the option to to do motorsport, but always uh, behind mm. closed door. So step by step, things are starting to roll. The wheel is starting to roll because all these all these all these uh, announcements are very um, positive. But you have to realize that with no planes flying around, nothing is possible. It's all speculation at this point, isn't it? That's exactly right. Stu, but I wouldn't say speculation because uh, Dorna is talking to all the circuits, talking, negotiating. Mm. So the thing is that everyone, everyone expects the flights, the air system returning soon because without air system, nothing will work. But the plans are real. Yeah, that's right. So, so look, there's a lot to unpack there. Manuel, realistically, there's there's a lot of information that's come out in the last sort of four or five days. Um, first thing I want to say is it's a real shame about Assen. This will be the first time in 71 years that Assen hasn't hosted a race in the Premier category. 
Um, and Assen has for a long time traditionally been the largest crowd in the MotoGP calendar. You know, a couple of hundred thousand people um, on race day. It's it's been absolutely amazing. So, how do you think they're going to um, make up for not having that kind of crowd attendance at, at the at the majority of the events? What's the uh, what what's the plan from Dorna for that? Yeah, we we have to think in races uh, without any spectators uh, closed door races because at the end what Dorna is looking is to fulfill their contracts with the TVs so they can uh, they have incomes because uh, if mm -hmm. not they won't have anything so this is something that doesn't worry them too much because what they what they want is to save the story basically so for for for, for the people out there that that might not have any idea of the sort of scales you know everyone's jumping up and down about there being no crowds but for someone like dorna and and you can tell me if you don't know this 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 kind of information or if you have an idea what kind of percentage are we talking about if you remove all the crowds but you retain all the sponsorship dollars how much is that 10 percent of, of off the top if it's that 50 percent off the top is the sponsorship worth that much more than the crowd revenues look the, the money the money generated by the crowds doesn't get to Dorna. This gets to the organizer of the circuit. Dorna gets from every organizer a certain fee to raise the race, okay? Uh, we are talking, it's so, this is one of the big secrets of Dorna. Um, they, obviously, they don't want to say, to give out what uh, Valencia plays for a race or Qatar plays, pays for a race or whatever because they are, the differences are huge, are enormous, because there are places yeah. where historically the championship has to go, like to the UK. Yeah. So the fee of the, these races are very low compared with the fee that pays Qatar, that I think is the one who pays more. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Dave, you got a question? It was actually one for sort of Andrew's benefit and some of those who have joined the, the podcast, you know, at episode one, purely from an entertainment, not a MotoGP perspective. Some of the races that are being cancelled have favoured certain manufacturers. So with the likes of uh, Assen and Germany uh, being uh, cancelled, how is that going to affect... Um, track or the factories as they as they move forward was Assen a, a, a favor i seem to remember Assen being a favor for uh, yamaha and suzuki um and germany potentially being for uh the hondas um are we starting to get to that point in the season where it's gonna tilt in favor uh, of everyone except honda yeah this is a very good point that you brought out uh, look uh, it's just just think we know that um, there are certain circuits that match better to certain bikes the, the best example of all is uh, Austria okay Austria is a hundred percent Ducati track and yeah as if happens what they are planning to do more than one race on each of these um, hubs of these circuits then may happen that uh, suddenly one factory is uh, uh, has a certain um, favoritismo advantage, advantage yes sorry advantage yeah advantage, certain yeah. advantage and this mm, it's very clear look for example i heard i know that they are trying to organize at least two or three races in qatar 
Qatar is a circuit where Ducati has won a lot of uh, in the last years. Yeah. Oh, why do they why do they hold such a dominance there? Hang on, Dave. But quickly before you answer that, yeah. I, I I just want to dig into that question a bit more, and and for for the benefit of Andrew and those, Manuel, can you yeah can you explain why manufacturers have certain dominance at certain tracks? You know, dig in a bit more about how Ducati straight line speed and and what what the advantage of each manufacturer might be at, at just a high you know traditional level. Yeah, look, uh, it's it depends on the layout of the circuit. Okay, and if if there are circuits okay. with long straights, Ducati has the most powerful engine, and a lo- so basically uh, circuits with high top speeds, long straights, the Ducati has an advantage. Because they can go faster down yeah, the straight, basically, yeah. and then so, they catch them on the Yeah, turns, exactly. They, they don't have to risk on the twisty part of the track. They don't have to take risk because they know that getting on the straight, they have just to boost the engine and and overtake them. I would understand this because I've been playing the MotoGP game, but I, I'm not even doing that on the straight. You don't get to the straight. <laughs> you don't make it to the straight. <laughs> I, get to, I make it to the straight, but I don't stay straight. <laughs> even the straight is a chicane. We all laugh, but it's true. That, that sounds it's that sounds more difficult than that easy, you know? <laughs> I do the tyre warm-up thing. That's what I'm doing. I'm just like, I'm just warming up my tyres. <laughs> And what about what about Honda, Manuel? What's what's their well, strong the strong points point of Honda is not a circuit; it's a name for a number. It's a number ninety-three, yeah. for example. In, <laughs> so the it. Honda has no. How do you say? Which is the characteristic of the Honda? The characteristic of the Honda is the ninety-three number. Marquez. Yeah. So what you're saying is, riders because of the bikes they're riding are do perform better on certain tracks. Yeah, rider as well. Yeah, rider <laughs> as well. Look. Uh, there are riders, for example, the best example of this was in the past, Dani Pedrosa. Okay, Dani Pedrosa was a very, uh, we have talked about him here, we have spoken. He was very small, he was very light. So on circuits where he had, like Philip Island was the best example. On Philip Island circuits where he had to move the bike in uh, flowing corners at high speed, you don't... Mm-hmm you don't realize how much physical effort you have to do because trying to get the bike out of his line and push it somewhere else, that uh, demands a lot of effort, but lots, you know. Especially being light. Yeah, and when you see this on TV, you say that, well, that's easy. But you can, and Mm -hmm. these tracks, look, Danny Pedrosa, he suffered huge, a lot in Phillip Island. He suffered a lot at Assen, tracks where there were not breaking points, but flowing. These for them were very difficult. Your bikes at high speed don't want to change direction. Claro, it's it's again the physics. It's yeah. because the, yeah. Yeah. The, the bike wants to yeah. go in one or in its normal line if you have to force it yeah. out there and put it on the line you want. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. just returning back to the tracks that we've seen cancelled versus the ones that we've got ahead, are you starting to see any patterns for uh, favor for favoritism of, of factories? Um, are they going to favor any factories over the others with the ones that we're, they're proposing? Well, uh, we don't know yet which circuits will will uh, be available. But what's on the what the ones who have not been uh, discharged? Look, uh, we will say, for example, uh, Mugello is Ducati circuit, Misano yeah. Ducati circuit. Uh, Qatar Ducati circuit. 
<laughs> Austria, Ducati circuit. <laughs> so I think yeah. that Gigi Dalina yeah. is, a, is a, on a big applause every time he reads something that is going on. But on the on all this track, we, we shouldn't be looking to we shouldn't be looking to the Chinese as the origin of um, COVID nineteen. We should perhaps be looking to Ducati. Well, uh, yeah, well, I another... don't know if they have in the backyard a little <laughs> laboratorio in Borgo Panigale. You know. So you're saying if you've got any spare cash, put it on Dovi this year. On Ducati. <laughs> Yeah. Ducati, Ducati are many riders. Sorry, I was just going to ask because I was just I was just reflecting back to Maverick's video last week doing his little workouts on his balcony. I was just going to ask a bit of an updated question on how how all the riders seem to be coping with um, you know everyone's been in isolation for what almost two months now. Yeah, is it? Like that. Yeah, eight weeks. We are eight weeks. Yeah. Mm, how's everyone coping with it? I don't know if we have spoken about this here, but it's very interesting. Because we have to invent, I think, a word to explain what is happening. I think that the riders are detraining during this uh, mm. lockdown. Why? Because especially the MotoGP riders, they have been racing for the last 15 years, all of them. Almost every weekend, or if not one yes, one not. They since through the first time in their life they haven't been exactly riding. so physically they are for sure super fit because they have been doing this mm. uh, indoor cycling and they have done so physical but mentally they are mm -hmm. uh, detrained you know, you know what I mean detrained yeah. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. so interesting and this situation in my opinion that is very personal I know that others don't think the same may. Um, produce that we will see a very different photo of what we have seen now because you don't know how much the mentality with the which the the rider will jump into the into the racing back how much mm -hmm. each of them mm. will uh, take to get back because it's something new we will we may say for yeah. sure uh, Marquez will be but how do you know and that's where I think, because I know you guys tease me about Rossi and, and make comments about him being old or whatever, but the fact that he is so experienced old. and old. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. Experienced. Um, but, you know, it, it may be easier for those riders to get back and just get back in the game or, compared to or some may, of the younger or ones. Or maybe not because they have been more years than the others. In a, in, so in a certain, in a certain process, maybe the younger. Amen to that. Well, that's stuff. it. Like, yeah, who you know? Like, yeah. yeah, it's going to be very yeah, for interesting. Me, for me, it's a lot. And for you, you have good news because the only rider who has been able to train and to ride bikes in these two, uh, eight weeks is Jack Miller in the north of your country. Oh, really? Riding ah. motocross like a demon. Oh, see, that's going to make mm -hmm. a difference. I see you're talking to... I thought Valentino still would have been allowed at the ranch. No, no, no. No, no, no. Well, no he's no, got no. his own track okay. on his property, <laughs> does he? He does. Well, he does. But the yeah. one who is giving oh, gas from surely. the... And we have seen a lot of this on his social, no? Making motocross, ta-ta. So, Jack, again, on the paper, is the one who will... Because, look, motocross... When people say motocross is dangerous, but motocross is uh, riding motocross demands you constantly change uh, the position of the bike because on a moto motocross track, every time you mm. you you go 
in the same corner, it might be different. So it makes you very physical on the body, yeah. Physical and quick mm -hmm. thinking, you know, to avoid. And this yes, is something yeah. that Jack is fresh and the other riders have this um, this uh, reaction complete, completely as slept. Yeah. So, so Jack Miller's reactions are up there and he's on a Ducati. So if you're saying we should... And we're at Ducati. Put your money on Jack Dobby, Miller. Onto yeah, Jack you, Miller. Yeah, no, no. Wow. I, I, you heard it first you, here, folks. I think Jack has a <laughs> huge opportunity, you know, very good opportunity. The thing is, and then look, if you are a rider, how would you approach a very short championship? Risking a lot because, or being very uh, cautela, uh, very take it with Competitive? No, uh, caution. Come on, caution. Dave, do your translation. Cautious, <laughs> because yeah. if you do one mistake, you have less races to to recover. So yeah, this was the question I was going to have. Does this change the tactics that the the factories are going to oh, be um, going with? It's or? very clear. Look, if I were Jack, if I were uh, Juan Mir, if I were Quartararo. You had to push from the beginning to put the others who could maybe more conservative, like Marquez, yeah. to push them. Yeah. Because Marquez, for sure, yep. he will be as conservative as he, as he can. But if, if the others start pushing, 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 he has to react. So again, it yes. will be so interesting. I think that we will see a very different championship from what we have seen until now. And this makes it special. So we'd like to see Morbidelli up there or we like to see, we're likely to see Zarco starting to push? I mean, he's essentially got nothing exactly, to lose. That's from, yeah. They have a lot to gain yeah. and well, uh, nothing to lose. Oh my God, imagine the first corner. In, in August and whenever it chooses. I'm going to be so confused. Can you imagine me sitting there going, I don't even, I didn't understand what was going on now. I really don't understand what's going on. What would be brilliant is you'll just think this is normal. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You will say all what these guys have told me is not, isn't, isn't true. Yeah, they don't know what they're talking about. Yeah, yeah. this is nothing like They're it. obviously making it up for social media. Oh. Yeah. So to to finish off with the with the with the subject of um of, of the developing season, Benwell, um, but what are the chances of having a revisit to Qatar at the at the end of the season? I've heard you talking about it on and off, and I know. And for those listening, um, to remind them, they tried to start the season back in back in March, and we had Moto Three and Moto Two in Qatar, but no top class race. Uh, so what are the chances of seeing a Moto GP race in Qatar? I would year? say the chances. 80, 90%. Yeah, yeah. That's, I know that there has been. But that'll be early December? Uh, I don't know when, but look, uh, there have been, there have been conversations and it was supposed, Qatar circuit, Lozail, was to, supposed to be resurfaced. It, it uh -huh. has been postponed for next year because uh, Dorna has been negotiating in the last weeks to go there. I'm almost sure that at the end they will go there because on the other hand, wow. if they don't go, they lose the fee and yeah. it's, it will be probably the only circuit that will pay the full fee you know what I mean? mm -hmm. because there they had already Moto2 yeah. and Moto3 and then to be able to demand the, the whole money, 
they have to do the MotoGP. Exactly. Or I'm taking my money yeah. off Jack Miller and putting it on that the race will be in Qatar <laughs> at the end of the year. No, no, this, that one uh, will <laughs> be paid fair. very low. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, put it exactly. back on Jack Miller, back a, on Jack Miller. That's a dollar one apparently. Yep, there we go. <laughs> Look, th- th- this is this is obviously uh, the big headlines running around MotoGP uh, sites at the moment. But apparently, there's some other news rolling around that's you know reasonably major if you if you're into that sort of thing. Um, if, if, apparently, there's been a contract that hasn't been signed. Um, if you're into that sort of thing, <laughs> if, if you're into that sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> A, a Look, certain old age pensioner who oh, keeps riding on. motorbikes. I'll, I'll, I'll give you a background. Stu and I were talking about this this afternoon and we actually found ourselves at opposite ends of, like I was actually defending Valentino and, and Stu was the one who was telling him that he should shuffle off. Um, so were we you knew drinking that we this had afternoon, a, David? I know. It, it was <laughs> who actually are you? <laughs> it was crazy. It was a topsy-turvy land. So we knew that we had a, a conversation topic for this afternoon and I was just dying to hear Manuel's perspective on this. What's happening behind the scenes with uh, Valentino's uh, contract signing because um, Sepang, so Sepang SRT, um, have got a certain perspective on it. Uh, Lynn Jarvis has got a certain perspective on it. That doesn't match. Um What's going on in, in the background? Before, before Manuel answers, because I know he's the man in the know, I'm very interested to hear what the conversation was between Dave and Stu this afternoon first. Let's see who was who was the closest. <laughs> Do you want to kick Do you think that's fair, Manuel? Do you oh. think they should share their thoughts first? To see yeah, yeah, yeah. Goes? I would like to know. It's interesting because after this, Stu won't be allowed in Italy for maybe 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, are not, well, you are not expecting to visit Rome, are you? You may be right. I'm, I may stay away from that general region for the next 150 years. But but no, my my thinking was, look, Rossi's had an amazing career. He's doing amazing things. Even now, he's he's regularly, you know, at or about a podium place. He's highly competitive. No one's arguing with that. Fine. However. All that being said, <laughs> um, he, he hasn't signed a contract for 2021. Um, people are asking why he hasn't signed a contract. He's remaining quiet about it. We all know that he's looking He's looking after teams. He's got his, his VR46 Academy teams in Moto2 and, and in the lower classes. I, for one, would love to see... Rossi come in and as as we were talking about previously for the 2020 season just put it all on the table high risk have one last blast at a short season it's a shortened format so he can his old bones can afford to do that <laughs> if he doesn't win all well and good but then he buggers off back to Moto2 becomes the team manager for the VR46 Academy team and the number one rider and in that format, he's going to win the whole thing. He's going to go. <laughs> I wish our listeners could see Manuel right now. In Moto Two season, he's, <laughs> he's insinuating that I might be smoking something. He's supposed to eat the broccoli, not smoke the broccoli yeah. stew. I think he's not far. I think from the he's tree, been locked up a bit long, this fella. <laughs> it's it's yeah, exactly that's that's my COVID lockdown craziness scenario that I. Hey, you up. never so, know. The world's so, going crazy. Anything's possible. Yeah. So I said he should bugger off, and David <laughs> David had a, um, a a very good different take on yeah. I'll keep mine short. Dave, if I'm short, happy sharp. with what you say, I'll buy you the coffee this week at work. I'll keep mine short, sharp, and sweet. I've never had any issue with Valentino Rossi. He's an amazing athlete. 
it's, the issue that I have is that I see the fans that follow Valentino are loyal to Valentino, not the sport. So my take on it is that if Valentino leaves, there's a huge chunk of the following MotoGP population that leaves and that will hurt the sport that I love. So anything that Valentino doesn't do, does do or doesn't do is, is going to impact. So I want him to make a decision to stay in any capacity, even that's for SRT, because that's going to benefit the sport that I love. And as I said, it was a really weird situation this afternoon where Stu and I were defending positions that we'd never, ever defended before. Exactly. <laughs> it was just weird. So, and, and, and look, as, at a very high level, my my view was – the sport should not be beholden to one person at all. But it is. But that's the thing, Andrew, but it is. Yeah. I do um, like your theory. I, so, I think I'm, I love that you spoke up about what you think. Well, uh... <laughs> all right. So, so handing over to the professional. Manuel, now. there you go. Lots to unpack there. <laughs> we got smiles. We've got head shaking. I don't know where to start with Stu's proposal. <laughs> My new hashtag. Valet for Moto2. <laughs> Hashtag Valet yeah, for Moto2. As I told you, I think that uh, you don't have to realize that broccoli is to be eaten and not to be smoken because... I think that Stu just produced his own um, face palm moment for the week. <laughs> yes, <laughs> broccoli. David, for the for the front cover of this podcast, just put a broccoli on it. <laughs> yeah, the broccoli. Don't smoke it. <laughs> look, look. Regarding Valentino, I have to say, answering all together. One, people. In any sport, look for heroes, okay? There are some who follow the sport because they like the sport, but basically what mm-hmm. they look for is for heroes. And Valentino is the absolute hero, and he has made big the sport and has made it big on the track, off the track because of his personality. So I have to say something. Valentino has done so much for this sport, so much, that he has the right to do whatever he wants and we have to basically agree because he has the right he has the right to stay another hundred year racing to go to moto three to go to race stuck with a 70 year old to go to moto three if he wants to race in moto three yes yeah you know yes so uh and another thing look valentino doesn't give a penny for being a manager. Mm-hmm. Valentino loves to enjoy. He enjoys racing. Can you imagine Valentino standing up 8.30 or 6 30 in the morning and going with the team to the track? Never, ever in his life. <laughs> Never. Forget <laughs> it. Forget it. He'll have his people do he, that. He, he likes to compete. He likes to race. In fact, there, has, there, there was, uh, I don't know, this week or the, the week before, Yamaha did a live press uh, meeting with Vinales and Rossi on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And, yep. and Rossi said that he will continue in 2021 and also said, this confirming what I'm saying you, that when he stops, he will go car racing. And he will do yeah. six or eight races a year uh, on cars. And the one he likes to, he enjoys to. If maybe he will race a Parida car, maybe he will race uh, 24 hours, maybe he go- goes to Daytona. Valentino 
he's 40 he's 41 again we go back to the same uh, script we had before he's 41 42 he's doing this since he's 16 years old do you think he's going to handle uh, the Moto3 riders with 15 years old breaking him the bones every day with, I don't like this, I don't like that. <laughs> Valentino has, has, has exactly. the right to do whatever he wants, full stop, period. And we will support him in whatever he chooses uh, to do. Andra, yes. Yes. <laughs> so we've, so we've, we've, we've yes. kept our Valentino uh, listeners to this podcast. So hey, you're lucky you're keeping me. So there will be a discussion, the front cover between Valentino and the broccoli, right? I reckon we can That's do right. that. Yep. <laughs> so for all the Valet fans out there, I'm not putting him down. I, I agree that he, he has the right to do what he wants. The things that he has done for, for, for this sport are... Don't Second go back and, now, Stu. Just own what you said. However, up. I own would it. love to see yeah. him go back and own oh. Moto2. Stu, Stu, hang on a second. Look, if it's like you go back and sit on, on the bicycle of your daughter when she was 12 years old. <laughs> you try to bicycle on that one. Imagine, they are racing... 280, 280 oh, yeah. horsepower machines. Imagine him sitting on. He's getting off that onto the With CBR 120. <laughs> he, will, he will jump sorry, off the yeah. bike after the first corner. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Fair call. Oh, God. Hence, hence why, to get his kicks, he has to go and get in, into Lewis Hamilton's F1 car. Yeah. <laughs> or a jet. Fly a jet. While we're keeping the emotions high, we may as well roll in uh, to the next segment, one that's becoming, um, in, the, in the comments that we're receiving, a, 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 a huge uh, fan following, uh, especially on the Instas. Let's roll in to the Manuel incident. Is everyone, oh, is everyone oh, ready oh, for oh, this? I feel like we almost need <laughs> to introduce dun, a little music. Um, yeah, we, we need a musical introduction yeah. now for this to just get it. <laughs> The knives. We do need an intro. <laughs> <laughs> Hitchcock. Hitchcock's. The... Did you? Did you want to? Oh yes, the, the, the birds. <laughs> I loved your comment when we were just about to come on. When we were just sort of brief run up of what we're going to do, and, and Manuel was like, "Yeah, this segment is just busting my balls." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we like it. All right, who wants to go first this week? Ooh, I'll go. Yeah. All right, Stu, you go first. A ver, let go. me see. A ver, right, how okay. we say in Spanish? A ver. <laughs> Here we go. Okay, so uh, this guy, it is a guy, 67 years of age. He has he has now retired. He's an Aussie. He's an Adelaide farm boy. Um, he started track racing just after leaving school, quickly moved to Europe, uh, worked spannering for Randy Mamela um, and Grant Crosby. He was chief mechanic for Ron Haslam, then Freddie Spencer under Irv Kanemoto before being promoted to crew chief for Wayne Gardner in 1986. So now everybody knows who it is. Except for um, Andrew. Except for Andrew. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, hang on. Let me check my he, messages. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he then won the title with Wayne Gardner, as everybody knows, in 1987. From 89 to 98, he was McDoon's crew chief and he masterminded Mick's five consecutive titles. After Mick retired, he was going to move on, but Valentino um, got him to stay with Honda, and he went and won another three titles for Honda. 
Moved to Yamaha with Valet in 2004. Got another four titles. Jeez, mate, this is going longer than his career. Oh, it's crazy, (laughs) this guy. Well, you you can't miss any of these things. This guy's Yeah, this guy's old, and he's done everything. He went with Rossi to Ducati for 11 and 12, and then he was very publicly sacked in a breakup following the 2013 season, forcing him to retire. This man is, of course, Jeremy Burgess. Uh, I'm supposed to tell you what? One, one word for Jeremy Burgess. One ah, word. one word. One word. <laughs> yeah, one word. You act, you act surprised every week, man, right? <laughs> <laughs> I think he's hoping to get out of it. Yeah. It must be the Jeremy, broccoli. Jeremy the, Burgess. The broccolis, the broccolis. Stu's broccolis. And he goes, what about him? <laughs> <laughs> Who's Jeremy Burgess? Is that what? the microphone's <laughs> not working? I can't hear you. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's stalling for time now, folks. Yes, uh, he's a, a mytho, myth, myth, M Y. Yeah, oh, mythical, yeah, mythical myth. figure. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's right. Yes, he. In fact, okay. as you said, um, Stu, and I, I read it. I read it just a few days ago because I wrote something about Valentino's mm-hmm. first season in five hundred, and I wrote a book. Yep. And in which uh, it said that Valentino just signed with Honda. One of the condition or the main condition is that Jerry Burgess would uh, be his uh, crew chief. And uh, crew chief, that's right. Yeah. And uh, he was ready to leave because he, at that time, he was around fifty already, and he said that he wanted to yeah. go back to his family to Australia. But Valentino forced him. And then it happens what you said. He won in uh, with Honda, then he won with um, with Yamaha, and then he was uh, dismissed in a not very elegant way. But at the end, I yeah. tell you something. Oh, besides this uh, bitter end, he was really wanting to go back to Australia. He was very good known because of his uh, skills, and there is his... Uh, mm-hmm. Sport CV, but also because he was a very good, a real Aussie that means a very good beer drinker. <laughs> oh, nice. Uh, nice. So, why uh, did his career end so badly? Like, obviously, it sounds like he had a huge, uh, from how long that took Stewie, uh, such a long, amazing career. What made he, it? End I so think badly? he was overrun by the technology. You know, he was, he, okay. he, grew up in a certain environment, certain way of working. But yeah, when the electronics arrive, he simply... Those AI, the AIs on the Yes, box. exactly. So he... Exactly. Uh, nice. he, there we go. He simply uh, <laughs> got overrun. He could, and he was too tired to catch up, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's the reason, in my opinion. Okay. Okay. And I heard, I heard some stuff about... Um, Valet wanting to re-sign with Yamaha for three, four years and wanting Jeremy to re-sign for that same amount of time with him. But Jeremy only wanted to do one year. And so Valet basically said, no, if you're not going to do that, you're gone now and I'll find somebody else. No, no. I, I don't, maybe, eh? maybe you are right, but okay. I don't think so. Look, uh, riders have to be egoistic, right? Okay. When a rider yep, doesn't yep. win, he looks around. Look, if if... Like he has done this year. He has changed again his crew chief with for a younger one. Yeah. 
but it's very normal. Mm-hmm. Look, if you are a, a winning rider and you start not to win, last uh, championship of Valentino is 2009, if I'm not wrong. So, every, look, he's a, he and he's still a winner. So he thinks, hang on, what is, what, I have to change something to change the situation. So he looks around and he says, well, where can I, he has to modify. If I, with the same environment, I make one, two, three years and I don't win, I have to change something. If not, the thing keeps the same way. And this yeah, is what happened. Exactly. Yep. It's the definition of insanity, isn't it? Yeah. And this is what happens. Andra is falling off the chair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just having a little emotional moment. <laughs> <laughs> coughing into my elbow into your elbow <laughs> i was coughing into, into elbow. my elbow appropriately catching my cough andrew you've got uh you've got one for manuel this week i actually i actually don't know who yours is you you Stu and i were bouncing back and forward you know Stu and i deconflicted to make sure we didn't have the same um person but i've got not actually no idea who you're gonna well, i was actually just thinking the best part is my beautiful husband helped me to script mine this evening because i said to him tonight i was like we do this amazing segment and every time I don't know, I've got no idea. I don't know enough to. So I'm I'm googling and I'm Wikipediaing and I'm asking people to sort of give recommendations on who's going to make an impact. So as you were talking just then, I was like, the best part of this is when I'm reading it, I've got no bloody idea either. So, all right, are you ready? Let's go. Go for it. Okay. And thank you to Adam for helping me with this. This American was named by FIM as a Grand Prix legend in the year 2000. So he's from America. There, I know that bit. In 1982, he was hired by Kawasaki to race in the AMA Superbikes as team member to defending champion Eddie Lawson. Does anyone know who this is? Yes. Oh, yeah. Is it that, is it, is it that <laughs> clear? All right, yeah, I'm going to keep going for the people that don't know. Go. Yes. <clears throat> in 1987, he won the Superbike Championship and made his second run into Europe in 1988 riding for team Roberts Yamaha. After finishing second to former Superbike teammate Eddie Lawson in 1989, he won the first of three consecutive 500cc World Championships in 1990. While 11 points ahead in pursuit of his fourth straight title, he suffered a career-ending crash at the Italian Grand Prix, which left him permanently paralysed from the chest from the chest down. I nearly got emotional then. Who is it, everybody? Yeah. The legend and gentleman, Mr. Wayne Rainey. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I was there '93 when that happened. Really? Yes, yes, I was there. I saw it on the wow. on the documentary video that I watched. Um, and hard to watch. Please correct me, but it, was yeah, it very hard? Was to it watch. to do with because it was a car track and the they had lumps in the? How do that, how, how do that correctly? Someone how do you me. call the sand that is on the running out areas? How do you call that? Is there a name for you? Um, the gravel track. Yeah, the gravel track. The gravel was yeah. too thick, you know. So instead mm-hmm. of slowing down the speed the rider gets in, it just the des- deceleration rate was too high. Stopped him. So he he entered yeah. with the head, and instead of sl- sliding over the, you know, mm-hmm. he just he like, bang, and then his yeah. uh, yep. his spine broke. Wayne. Um, mm. How is the word in... Dave can translate. Uh, hang on, hang on. She can translate. <laughs> Unfair is the word that matches him. Okay. You know, oh, la- life... Or unfortunate. Unfortunate. Just... More is unfair. Mm. 
he didn't mm. he did uh, when well, nobody deserves something like this you know but it was unfair and when when as you have said andra he has he was how many times Th- three times world champion or twice yeah three in a row Th- three okay and he was yeah. he was not a talented rider he was a worker look when when they when you if you have the chance to speak with anybody who has worked with wayne they will say look he was the one to get into the track in the morning and he was the last to get out because he had not the ta- natural talent to do these things but he was a terrible worker these are the two profiles that we can see in the championship no the talented ones mm-hmm. and the ones who through work like nikki uh, get there you know Mm-hmm. And isn't he still? Is it, am I right that he's still racing, but with hand controls? He's racing some kind of. No, the other day, and I have an in, a super interview I made with him, one one week, or two or three weeks ago. He's not. He he's not. He's manages now the American Motorcycle Racing Championship, that is called Moto America. He's the manager of the series, and uh, wow. two or three months ago, the Japanese prepared a special bike for him to ride so for the first time in since 1993 he was capable to ride the bike and he got he, he got so emotioned you know so emotional you can you uh-huh. can see probably the videos amazing. on 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 youtube but for him it was like because until now he has been uh, he had raced some go-kart racing that it's much easier because he sits mm-hmm. but being on a bike imagine what a sensation he was super emotional yeah the the the, the feel and the, yeah he's still got yeah he's up yeah, and, and this happens uh, look uh, now uh, i don't know they probably have a new technique because in the last grand prix in japan i went to last october there is another japanese uh, rider uh, takuma aoki is his name that uh, ended on a wheelchair because of an accident. This uh, Takuma Aoki, he had other two uh, brothers who were racing in the championship. So there were the the Aoki brothers, three of them. And the other year, the last year in, in, in Motegi, they prepared the same, a bike for Takuma, and the three brothers went out on the track to do... Yeah, it was oh, amazing. What yeah. an amazing story. That's one for the family. Okay, David. Yeah. All right, last one. This is this will be an easy one. You'll get this halfway through. I'm not even going to have to put the uh put the uh, easy easy ones in for you. So, is an Italian born in 1969. He's just about to have his birthday. Uh, is an That's Italian a good year to be born, isn't it? <laughs> he is. Italian former uh, professional uh, motorcycle racer. He's currently a uh, team manager for one of the Moto uh, GP teams. In uh, 1996, he came back to the track and founded uh, his own team in uh, Moto Three. In 2006, he began competing in the Moto GP class with Honda Machinery, and his 250cc uh, team switched from Aprilia to Honda. So he's been all Honda ever since. He's had uh, Australia's Casey Stoner race for him. He's had Carlos Checker race for him. He's had Randy DePunier race for him. He's had Tony Elias race for him. Stefan Bradl, 
Who is it, Manuel? And he's very handsome. And he's extremely handsome. If I was going to have a man crush on anyone, it would be this individual. <laughs> and, and, and he wears a red Quite belt. Well. That's how I've always been able he to recognise him. <laughs> really? He always he rocks a red belt. Signature he red belt. Rocks of the red belt. Yep. Well, it's Lucho Chequinello or not. Yeah, 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 yeah. Lucho, Lucho absolutely. Well, of course it is. Lucho yeah. is a, how do you say, a businessman. Okay. Hmm. He's extremely My English this morning. I think I have to drink some more before I get into the podcast. You need some more broccoli. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> more, more, more broccoli. <laughs> I need more garlic on that broccoli, probably. <laughs> no, uh, because he's, very, he's a very good business because, man because to run a, such a, a MotoGP team is very difficult because... The cost is so high mm. and the circumstances are so difficult, but he is a very good uh, and very smart and super educated guy. Super nice, educated. Okay. It's, uh, but at the same time, he is a businessman with the goods and the bads. So is he someone that, that was obviously riding, uh, from what I had a quick look, he didn't ride for very many years he switched then to running a team rather than continuing to race himself? Yeah, look, it's it's incredible because yesterday night I had an appointment in an Italian TV and it came out Lucio Cecchinello. His teammate exactly told us the following. Look, Lucio was never especially dotated to, to race. It was not uh, talented, mm. but he was very uh, organized. Organized and this, mm-hmm. and he was obviously okay. yeah, and this transferred to it. his later uh, job or work. Yeah, perfect. As a journalist, what's he like to to work with? Is he is he all businessman and gives nothing away, or are you able to develop something personal with him? With Lucho, yeah. No, uh, no, I with Lucho, it's it's okay. You know, uh, I would like I wouldn't like to work with him. Okay, he hasn't put you in the freezer like um, some others that we've spoken about in the last he's, couple of weeks. He's never dragged you through the uh, the, the hospitality tent. Yeah. And, uh, See, into, I felt like while Manuel was shrugging his shoulders and going, mm, in his brain there was a story there that he was like, yeah. no, but I'm choosing no, not no, to no. I, I, this the, out the, right the now. problem probably is that I haven't had any story with Lucho, you know. <laughs> okay. Oh, so your task okay. for 2021, Manuel, your challenge is to choose piss to off Lucho Cecinello. Oh, 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 yes, I had one. I had one. I got a phone call from him one Sunday morning, 7.30 a.m. And his, yeah. his uh, voice didn't sound very friendly. Friendly? But it was okay at the end. This happens to you often, at, at the end, it? In this type of situation is where you realize the level of education somebody has. And Lucho, Lucho's mm-hmm. is very high. That's what I have to say. Oh, see, we got to make our own assumptions here. Yeah. Well, that's a little bit Fantastic. more insight than what I started with ten minutes ago. So I'll, I'll, I'll take that, and I'll, hopefully the listeners will too. I think we'll call it quits there, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Andrew, is there anyone before we sign off? I believe that you, you've got a, a ton of hellos that you want to uh, put out. Totally, like two of them. <laughs> that's almost a touch no we did i covered some stuff in the beginning um i just wanted to give a shout out there, it must be andrew week we've got andrew forks and andrew wheeler 
who both sent us comments this week. So thanks very much for reaching out. Um, I believe one of them must... Let me say hello to Andrew Wheeler. He's a good friend of mine. That's what I was about to say. I was about to say yeah. I'm pretty sure there's a bit of a connection there with Manuel. So, yes, there you go. Um, and just I want to say thank you again to my husband, Adam, because we've been having more and more MotoGP conversations, <laughs> which is not, you know, in our almost 18-year relationship, I would never have dreamt that this is something <laughs> we would ever talk about. But it's, you know, as much as it's been an interest for me, I think it's drawing, like he's out there right now playing the MotoGP game while we record this. Um, That's where I'm going straight us, after this. Yeah, it's given <laughs> us something fresh and new to talk about. And I said to him the other day, when the races are back, will he, will he watch the live races with me? And he said, yeah, absolutely, no, I will. You are, so, you you have to come to Philip Island. This is a, a oh, going to be there. Super, yeah. oh, absolutely non-negotiable. Yeah. Yes, yeah. we're going to debate this Rossi thing in person over a few drinks. I think <laughs> that's no debate. Oh yeah, <laughs> situation closed. <laughs> You're right there, Dave. By, by, there by no the debate. way, by the way, how is the situation in Australia? Do you think they would allow to organise a Grand Prix? Yeah, absolutely. I think so by that time, yeah. I definitely. Yeah. yeah, we are recovering quite well down here. I don't know if we'll let um, foreigners been... in. Yeah, that might. Mm. Yeah, it's just going to be a small race. It's, it's going to look we like are. Argentina all over again. It's just going to yeah. be Jack on the on the grid. But but do you think it would be with spectators or without? No, I can't. I'd say so. Surely oh, by then, Dave. I'm going to go call. out on a limb by October. Yeah, I'm going to go out on a limb, Dave. So that's you're going Moto 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 Two manager for Valentino and spectators at PI. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> That, that'll be, in fact, that'll be Valet's first outing in Moto2 and MotoGP. He's going to race both classes. <laughs> oh, God, we need to get out of the house. He has added some mushrooms to the broccoli. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I know. Look, I'm going to have to end it there. Like, this is, this is coming off the rails. So, ladies and gentlemen, I, I want to thank you, the audience. I want to thank my co-hosts. Uh, if you like what you're hearing, leave us a five-star review on uh, the Apple Podcast. Tell your friends. We're available on all the podcast platforms. We're on Instagram at Pacino Report, uh, Andra underscore the Pacino Report at Quick Draw. Stu, you're waving furiously at me. <laughs> He's getting excited. I am. <laughs> Don't forget to tell all the listeners that the virtual Grand Prix of Spain at Jerez will be on this Sunday at 3 p.m. Absolutely. Uh, we can I watch. I believe that's British Standard Time. We can watch Valentino tapping the webcam. Exactly. Oh my the first goodness. time that they've gone. No, in fact, no. Valet's pulled the pin. He's gone. No, I'm not. I'm not doing it this time. So he's he's not involved this time. Uh, but it's the first time they've got all three classes. It's MotoGP, Moto Two, and Moto Three. Uh, <laughs> Manuel's just rolling. So maybe his he's eye. just not racing in the MotoGP one. Maybe he's racing in the Moto Two or Moto Three. As I look down the road, Moto Two, Moto Two lineup, VR46, Valentino. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Yes, tune in, folks, and, uh, and and check it out. Manuel, where can our uh, listeners well, get hold look, of you? I just want to say something. Once again, Valentino has erased himself from this race, right? right? Because yes. yeah. I tell you something. There are other races, I haven't seen them. He, he took part at the other races. He was, let's say, forced. And do you know what? He wasn't terrible. He definitely wasn't terrible. No. Yeah, but he doesn't like this. Oh, he has a controller you know? upside down. He's, he's yeah. in another level. He doesn't like this kind of stuff. <laughs> so as soon as he has yeah, been able a... to say, I am out, he has jumped out because... Yep. 
He did his That's bit. It. He he's, took he's a done it once. He can say he's done it. That's yep. it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Look, ladies and gentlemen, enough, this too. this argument is going to continue well and yeah, truly. Yeah, we're going to go offline here. <laughs> Green <laughs> room, Manuel. Where can our uh, listeners get uh, more of the casino? Uh, well, goodness? I have to say that uh, next Monday I'm opening a new version of my MotoGP Casino uh, GP. The first one will be in Yay! Spanish. And then I think uh, five days later, we will open the, the new Pesino GP in uh, English. And I I invite you to have a look at it. Can I wait will. to uh, yeah, to get my grubby oh, little oh, mitt uh, all over that? So. Indeed. <laughs> we used to get the sneak peek into Pesino GP with the odd article that was coming out, and they've sadly dried up since yeah. we've uh, started these. So Manuel's... Um, <laughs> He's, he's, he's cut the corporate credit card off. We're getting no love and he's forcing us in through the front door of the uh, website now as well. So, ladies and gentlemen, yep. you know, we're in the same bucket as you. So. If, if you want to send official letters of complaint to the boss, ladies and gentlemen, it's uh, yeah, yeah, Manuel Pacino at PacinoGP.com. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to wave goodbye to you. Uh, thank you so much for listening. We've loved putting this together for you. We shall see you all next week. Ciao. Bye-bye. Thanks, Adios. Thank you so much. Bye. So do you want me to mention my chats I've had this week? Do you want to do that at the start or yeah. the back yep. end? That's yep. going to be my next. Do you want to do it at the front, do you? I prefer the front end. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind. I'll totally yeah, do, do it. It's fine. Um, <laughs> Where's your horn going, Stu? <laughs> it's, in, it's in the back. <laughs> <laughs> Thought you were sitting funny. <laughs>